Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 years or older. Yes, hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Extra Points. We're presented as ever by Omaha. And as ever, I am joined by the roastess with the mostest, fresh off her trip back to her homeland, Atlanta, Georgia. She was just telling us it went quite well, even 30,000 feet in the sky. <laughs> no sure bet when you have, what, a three-year-old with you there? Mm-hmm. How are you, Sarah Tiana? Was it a good time? I'm great, Dave. Yeah, it was great. It was really good to see my family. My mom decorates our house every inch of it. Like every, you know, the bed covers are changed. You know, there's new bedspreads that are Christmassy, new shower curtains that are Christmassy. It's just like an elf threw up in there. But then my son on the plane, you know, he's very, the very first time he got on the plane, the pilots said, hey, you can come talk to us. And they gave him some wings. So now every time we got on the plane, I would go right and he would go left into the cockpit. Like, and then the last time the stewardess was like, oh, the pilot's not here yet. And then my son goes, that's okay. I'll wait. Like he was just going <laughs> to wait <laughs> until the pilots got there. And then we are also sitting on the wings somehow the whole time, you know, uh, we were sitting on the wings. Not for and the so- flight though. Yeah, we were sitting outside. Yeah, outside on the wings. Yeah, it was a really, it was a way to save money. Okay. We were inside, uh, (laughs) inside, but over the wing. And like when the flaps go down the first time, he was looking and he goes, Mom, the wings are broken. And then I was like, shh, don't say that, which made him just say it. In the cock, in the (laughs) Which made him say it three more times. And then on every flight after that, because I was like laughing and be like, don't say that. The wings aren't broken. That's just how they stop the plane. And he's like, no, I'm going to lean into this joke because it worked once. So I'm going to milk it. That's a see, but what I what 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 caught my ear was the cockpit thing that that Uh was the first one, and it sets him up for disappointment. This is sort of my counsel always to uh, to young fellows when you're starting a new relationship: don't on the first date go to a five star restaurant (laughs) because then the the next date is going to be disappointing. (laughs) Have we been over this before, Tiana? I can't keep. I I really want to dig in on this. That's a really good idea because. I mean, Chris and I's first date was at Dave and Buster's because it was like my very favorite place to go. And, you know, it was distractions. You can react to constant reaction to like, oh, yeah. Oh, look, that game there. The Nuggets are playing. Have you ever been to Denver? You know, there's so many (laughs) ways to pivot off of that. That's great. All right. You know what? Let's continue this conversation. And by the way. Let's keep it fairly brief. You're doing your mom and, and you know, flying across the country with your little one. That's nice stuff. I, um, I'm going to see the exact same holiday show at the elementary school because <laughs> on this occasion, my boy in third grade, he is, uh, he's introducing, he's like, I'm from Miss R's class and now we're going to sing. And he is really <laughs> sad that uh, me and his mom aren't going to be there. So I'm going to try and fix that and show up at the yeah. show for him thereby torturing myself for another 45 minute uh, round of uh, of holiday classics. All right, you know what? Let's let's introduce our guest today. Um hopefully you're following him already. 
um, on social media. John B. Hume, H-U-M-E, like Tom Hume, the old uh, Reds pitcher. He also is uh, the wizard behind the sketch series. The Thick Blue Line, he is John Hume. What's the poop, fella? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. How y'all doing? Doing well, better for your company. By the way, while we're promoting stuff, let me say very quickly, Sarah Tiana is a part of a show on Major League Baseball Network, MLB Network. Is that Mm -hmm. what the cools call it, MLB? (laughs) MLB at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, Roy Wood, as funny as it gets, Saturday night hosting the MLB year-end awards, basically, right? Yeah, they knew the first ever all MLB awards, their first attempt at an awards show. Lots of really amazing Fun. players are going to be there. Yeah, Acuna and, um, you know, uh, Batista, Andre Ethier is going to be there, Zach Gallen. Lots of big names. Big, big, I'm not big familiar with those names, but uh, I do want to talk <laughs> about Shoei Otani in just a second here. But, yeah. uh, but Hume, let's get to know yeah. you a little bit. You're a Dallas guy, so that makes you, what, a, t- uh, a fan of America's alleged team and beyond? <laughs> hey, we're the people's team. No, I was born and raised in Austin. So it's like, it's the Texas teams. I think, um, I mean, love the Cowboys. I can't, I just can't find it in myself to get like super emotional about like NFL regular season, like playoffs, of course, but like it's UT, University of Texas, Texas Longhorns. That's what will ruin my day. Uh, (laughs) The, um, you know, when we lost the Red River shootout, that was that was a that was a dark weekend. That was just moping around, sure. you know, like just just thinking of all of all the ways that uh, that it could have gone differently. But yeah, especially because that's on the heels of the Bama win, right? Yeah, that's, yes. So you feel like we're finally back. Oh, never mind. We lost to Oklahoma. <laughs> Did Quinn get hurt in that game? Um, that was last year, right? No, Did Quinn Queen got, got hurt, hurt that one. He got, he got hurt, hurt again. Game. I don't. I'm now I'm now I'm being exposed as a phony fan. I no. don't think I don't think he got hurt that game. He did get hurt in a later game, and then we had uh, Malik Murphy start a couple yeah. games for us. Still, still won those. Um, thank goodness. But no, I think he completed it. It was just yeah that that just came down to the defense. We uh, our our secondary is is garbage, and <laughs> our best safety got suspended uh, for for the first half of the playoff game. So. I mean, Michael Penix and his like four first round draft pick wide receivers. That's that's going to be really fun to watch. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. How did it hit you when you saw the number? I don't know if you if you look at such things, but the Longhorns open up as a four point favorite. I was really stunned by that. And <laughs> I, I, you know, the bookmakers ain't probably reacting to like, come on, we know football's better in Texas than up in the Pacific Northwest. It's not the sort of fan reaction. This is this is based on some science. Nevertheless, really, the Longhorns are four points better than the team mm-hmm. that ran the table over there in the in the mighty Pac twelve this year, eh? No, I don't. I don't get it. I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely would not have felt that way. I mean, I've like, obviously, you know, in the macro, definitely, but the PAC 12 has just gotten no respect, uh, no respect this year. And like this, this is, I guess, Washington specifically, like being a 10 point underdog to, to Oregon who, you know, now, now they've been twice. So I'm not thrilled that we gave Michael Penix Heisman runner up bulletin board material 
<laughs> like yeah. I'm, I'm not exactly. super, yeah. uh, super excited, uh, super excited about that. But I mean, yeah, no, I, 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 uh, like we definitely, Hey, ve- okay. So this is, this is like my philosophy when it comes to gambling, Vegas knows more than me. So, you know, whatever, whatever I feel about something I'm wrong. <laughs> um, so that's, uh, like, that that's a pretty gov- good governing philosophy. If you if you hear me like for the rest of the show saying like, oh yeah, I think this is gonna happen, bet against that. You're welcome. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good business to get into. Claim that you have a computer model that simulates all the games, but just look at the point spreads and go off of that. And then <laughs> yeah. issue like this is what this is what I I think. Like it's funny that all those models do end up landing right on where the where the uh, set number is. Always funny. So you're there down there in um in big d or at least that's where you hail from and awesome. i'm sure you're awesome. I, i'm sure awesome. I, i'm sorry but I, I say big d as if that's the entire state the state of texas <laughs> I'm sure, so. um i it does strike me though i've I, i've said this for a long time watching the world cup whenever it was about a decade or so ago i was looking at it and i thought how cool that everybody leaves their paid allegiances, their their club teams and otherwise, to go and play for the homeland, to see, to settle the important hash of which nation is best at this sport. The Olympics try to do it as well. I think that it would be cool if we took a page from the World Cup and took a year off of pro football and we jet and college football too. And what if you had everybody play much like the phenomenon that is Tommy DeVito, Jersey kid with the <laughs> with the cutlets playing for the local team. Wouldn't it be cool? Isn't this a lesson that what we should be doing is everybody should have to play for their local team? How say you, Hume? I'll start with you. Wouldn't you be more interested if everybody, I mean, that's what college football and college basketball used to be. It was almost entirely kids from the region <laughs> playing for your team. Yeah. And then this gave you a certain amount of civic pride. There's a reason why all football players, they, they, they love their high school days. I think it has to do, I mean, obviously the simplicity of it and there wasn't money involved and everything else, but also it was like, yeah, it's all of us. We're all the, all of us in the town. And when we would leave the game, we'd see everybody in town and they would react to the wins or losses. And so it means a little bit more. And now we're seeing it on the biggest stage in New York with Tommy DeVito. What if everybody had to just go play for their local team? How say you? I love that. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, of course, or I, it's, they, they become, they become local at, at different points. Cause uh, you know, I'll, I'll always root for like when a longhorn is on the Cowboys, it's like, yes, let's go. Even if they were originally from California, when, when you were teeing that up, I thought, I thought you were, you were going to suggest another thing, which I thought was like an incredible idea, which would be like the world cup of football, maybe take place during the summer, but each state, like all the kids Ooh, born, in, okay. born in Texas versus all the kids born in California. Like each state has to has to field a team. Everybody, you know, puts aside puts aside their NFL rosters or their college allegiances. And then, I mean, yeah, like I mean, Delaware might literally just have to field like the University of Delaware's. <laughs> <D-team>. <laughs> yeah, like, some states would try to call in and be like, we we just don't have w- enough people. Period. Like Wyoming <laughs> literally wouldn't be able to. I don't think 22 people live in that state. So like they wouldn't be able to. But you have to. Too bad. Yeah, Everybody I mean, must offer something. 
Luxembourg doesn't make the World Cup either. You know, there's yes. <laughs> there's divisions. <laughs> there, like it's it's an elimination tournament. I mean, I don't know. You get to the top six. I mean, Florida, Texas, California. Alabama, Louisiana. Um, Is that who would win? I do wonder. Tiana, how would that? Georgia must be fan. Georgia probably be on the short list, right? Stacked. Yeah, we'd be stacked. We have tons of hometown boys uh, that play. You know, not just football, but baseball and and professional football. A lot of people are from, are actually from like the SEC area. So I think Mississippi would also be low key have a. Hmm. a good team, even though they don't have a professional sports team. I think a lot of, a lot of people play um, are from Mississippi because they want to get the F out of Mississippi. So they are hungry uh, in more ways than one to get out and play. I feel like that's a, that's a, that's a great state. The Utah pipeline is pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, uh, with the Polynesian. um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Yeah nations is that sure. but are they made at this point no they're mormon and they've uh, immigrated so they bring them in, so okay so they like no i mean that, a lot of them are born in utah but like they're, that's what they're, i'm saying second yeah. generation yeah they're second i guess generation. at this point yeah second third generation we're getting into because i I'm just, that, I'm just that also means that hawaii would have a great team i was well that's yeah. what i was gonna say would oh, okay, we be sorry. stunned by how good hawaii is my debut. Yeah, yeah. I want I want here. all the island island coalition. <laughs> give them like the Samoan offensive line, yeah. you know, Tua behind the Samoans. Like they, yeah, they would like it. I oh, that by the way, fun. can I tell you one one more? If everybody likes the Italian American under center, I don't know why Pittsburgh was running out with Mitchell Trubisky or otherwise. We have Ben Denucci. Everybody forgot about Ben Denucci hey, down there Danucci. with the Cowboys. Let's get the Nucci in there. Come on, what are we doing, Tomlin? Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns tampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit 
visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Speaking of Tomlin, boy, this month is crazy. It sounds like, I mean, Bob Kraft isn't pushing back, at least, when people say to him, like, well, we know where this thing's heading for you and Belichick. And he's not like, what are you talking about? Of course, Coach Belichick, the greatest of all time, is definitely has his job as long as he wishes to hold it here with the New England Patriots. He's not saying that. So I think Belichick's hearing that. To a little bit about Pete Carroll, some whispers, and then Mike Tomlin, the noise is getting louder and louder. Mm -hmm. I got to put you on the spot. Talk about regional supporter of a football brand, Rich Eisen, who works with your friend, Chris Brockman, <laughs> is a, is a well-known Michigan booster. Now, mm -hmm. a week or so ago, he went mm -hmm. on TV and he said, oh, Pittsburgh, maybe Mike Tomlin is tired of uh, Western Pennsylvania ways. I don't think he is just rebuking Steelers fans that don't you know Mike Tomlin would get hired somewhere because that's not a reason that you keep a guy forever because he might get a job somewhere else. I think that he thinks that Mike Tomlin might take over at Michigan. Has he said <laughs> that to you? Has he said that to you? He has not said that to me. I think he's still holding holding on to Harbaugh staying there. You think I mean, he is? Yeah, I mean, he was um, he was just talking to Bruce Feldman about it today. And and Bruce was like, well, if he wins the national championship, he's out. You know, it's like he still is missing one trophy, and that's a Lombardi. So I don't expect Harbaugh to be there next year, regardless of what happens in the college football playoff, because I think Michigan's got a lot of sanctions coming down and he's got to run far away from it i don't know why tomlin would want to go there in that situation like given the sanctions at what he previously like, yeah. and also it doesn't it doesn't i mean i think tomlin is an incredible leader of men um but i i mean rich rich was posting all the hate that he got from pittsburgh fans about supporting tomlin and, you know, all these people tweeting at him during the game, like, do you think he should still have a job? He shouldn't have a job. Like, suck it, Rich. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> to his credit, he put up all of those tweets. But I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised myself if Tomlin stayed. Do you think he should stay? You well, want I've gone, I've gone uh, back and forth on it. Uh, I mean, obviously, he, he, you know, the it's Pap, the people who have now announced it. Uh, it's gotten crazy and performative yeah. uh, the announcements he was never a good coach he just won because of bill cowers players that uh you know he took advantage you know he had uh the the core of the roster still there that's mm -hmm. all nonsense you know i i the thing i think people in pittsburgh aren't really thinking about is that mike tomlin would the, the idea like whether it's Eisen or anybody else, this thing about like, don't you know he'd get hired immediately um, somewhere else is not the reason you keep him if you're Pittsburgh. Right. But the consideration that people aren't do, as though it's only the Steelers call to make here. Mike Tomlin could walk away. He, he you know, mm -hmm. right. there is something to the paradox of like he is so passionate 
um, and so intense that sort of like Dick Vermeil, you need to pull the Band-Aid off a little bit and just, uh, you know, see, see uh, you know, stop and smell the flowers a little bit. It's been 18 years of his life. And that's kind of maybe in the last couple of years, two years ago, he was um, incensed that somebody suggested maybe he would go to USC. Like, why would I ever go to the college game? This is the highest level. I don't know. Maybe his worldview has changed a little bit. I personally would never want to go. I wouldn't want to spend my dreary winters going into the living rooms of 17 year olds and eating whatever pita there there or salsa that their mom puts out and pretending I like it so I can convince their kid to come and play for me for the next three or four years. Right. That that seems uh, absolutely unappealing to me. How say you on that one, Hume? Would you like to be a college NFL, a college head coach or an NFL head coach? They both have their virtues. They both have their, uh, their bad spots. Uh, well, first off, the Michigan people will never admit Harbaugh's <laughs> leaving. They, they <laughs> yeah. are, of any fan base, they are the most about, I mean, this, you um, might be tapping into like an unconscious thing that he's, mm-hmm. he's trying to build, but like, they will never say out loud that Har- Harbaugh's leaving. But I, uh, ultimately, I think, I think the NFL, it's, it's like fascinating the way, uh, that like, like the Saban versus the Belichick, how it's like, okay, you're the best in the world at this. Like, um, just like, like the skill set of like, um, you know, convincing millionaires to, to, to give it their all versus like, you know, holding, uh, holding these kids. I, I think I would lean towards, lean towards the NFL because I, I, um, I, I respect that it's more of an equal exchange. It's like more, it's like, we're, we're being open about it. It's like a employer employee relationship. It's like the college, there's always this undertone of like, well, you know, if you, uh, if you're, if you're 40 gets above five seconds, it's like, there goes your education. <laughs> and like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, you can't, uh, you have to drop out of business school. Um, yeah. Like the idea of them dangling, dangling it over, like to be a coach in that position, I would much rather be like, look, I know the owner paid you $30 million, but now we're, now we're in this together. Like let's, let's work together and, uh, and bring the, be- uh, the best out of both of each other. Versus- I, I agree with that largely. You're more likely to get fired quickly in the NFL. So that would be yeah. one deterrent for that. But Tiana, like for me, it would all pivot off of like, if if you're worth $30 million, you certainly ain't going to spend two seconds listening to a dope like Dave Damashek. Even if he is, even if his title says head coach, you're still going to be like, you're a goober and I don't have to listen to you because I'm a grown man and I could, uh, I could kill you in 1.2 seconds. I think I would like the leverage applied as to the student athletes. They'd have to listen to me. I'd be like, you know, I'd be like their teacher. You don't like it or not. I'm going to send you the detention kid. I'll say you, Tiana. For me, it's only NFL. I would only want NFL. I would not, I don't want to have any part of recruiting. I think recruiting is the hardest thing uh, to do. I mean, it's like being a, you know, it's the opposite of being a politician. Like politicians never really do anything because they spend so much time fundraising to get reelected. It's like, Mm. to me, so many of these coaches have to spend so much time and energy recruiting and getting kids to play for them that, coaching them and winning is, you know, it's why the big schools always tend to do it because, you know, their name allows the recruiting to happen. It's, it's easier for big schools to recruit because they have a better reputation. And so I just don't want any part of that. In the NFL, I think it becomes less about 
um, oh, I make more money than you. I'm an offensive lineman and you'll, you know, I make 15 a year and you make it. I think, I think in the NFL, it becomes more about motivating. You know, that's why Dan Campbell to me is like this great coach because, you know, he's out there. He's one of them. He played, you know, and I think these players have a lot of respect for guys who've played or who've been in the league for a long time. And, um, and if you, if we don't respect each other, you can just go to another team and bouncing around to all these different teams does not make you a great player. It makes you look like, so I, I, I kind of agree. You know, who's the most fascinating in that regard. I, I talk about him all the time. Brandon cooks. There is no outward indication that he's a bad yeah. guy or a bad player or anything mm-hmm. else. And yet he has played for 31 of the 32 NFL teams somehow. Like every year, it seems like he moves on. And that, that one never made sense to me. As far as the recruiting thing, the, what you make me think of that's right is my ego wouldn't be able to handle it. My vanity. <laughs> it, like, the, 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 like you're going to go to A&M instead of go to Texas? That hurts my feelings. That, may, that reflects poorly on me. I wouldn't be able to take that because so it would, would all be about would- me. It would be Penn State. You're going to go to Penn State instead of Pitt. That's what you would. You would but I told you why cry. I think Pitt's better than Penn State, and you're still not going to listen to me and go there anyway? That hurts Would me. you? Let me ask you this. If you were offered the most money ever to coach college football, and it was coaching Penn State, would you do it? Well, as a play I, th- fan. I, I think that's an interesting question. Let's remove the money part of it. Cause like, if I could set my family up for the next eight generations, I would do it. That would be, but okay. for my own, for my own ego, Hey Dave, you think you're good at, uh, at football? Um, the only school offering you a scholarship is Penn state. Do you go? I think I have to say no. You know what? I have to stay yeah. loyal to to what I know, what I knew, what I was taught growing up at the knee of my old man and otherwise. And I'm not going to be a traitor. One thing I'm not going to be is a traitor. I even I red, white and blue is great, but I believe black and gold. And that's how it's going to stay till the end of my time. Hey, um, Hume, hmm. we're talking about the NFL and how it operates now. Baseball, very different. Did you enjoy the Rangers title last uh, month or two months ago? Did you care? No, so I I didn't really like follow a baseball team growing up. Like I uh basketball too. Like I don't I don't have any like real emotional attachment to the to the Texas basketball teams nor the baseball teams. So since I've been out here in LA for a while, I've just become like the most casual Dodgers fan, like almost <laughs> to an embarrassing degree. I know Sarah is like such a diehard. I, I don't think I've even told you I root for the Dodgers. I wouldn't have asked you to come on today if I knew that. <laughs> well, I'm now I, I over the summer, I had just become a Shohei Otani fan. I was just oh. like, is that Joe, right? How about Joe that? Is the God. I was ready to root for the Blue Jays. Like <laughs> a, a life flashed before my eyes where I was like, I am I'm a Blue Jays fan. I'm like, yeah, the, the CN Tower. It's uh, you're gonna get uh, dual citizenship in Canada. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, the leaves. Like, Why aren't they the leaves? Aren't they plural? Why the leaves? That make that, you were starting to indulge those sorts of things. Yeah. Well, listen. I mean, well, then, good for you. It's a fascinating perspective, a particular perspective. But I think legitimately a big part of it for the Dodgers is capturing an entire maybe continent, at least a nation in the far East. Now, I mean, the ratings and the merch and all of that are going to pay for people keep saying this. 
I like the I like the people who feel like they have to say that share it for the world like seventy million dollars or se- or whatever it is seven hundred million dollars whatever it is uh, so still st- still value still still uh, Dodgers could have paid him even more could have paid him ten times that amount still wouldn't get the value they're going to extract from him I don't know what all that means when they people say that but. I kind of get it. But what do you think this means for the sport of baseball and the fact that you root for one guy? Um, so that gives it a, a a distinct perspective. But how say you on a league where everybody is theoretically equal, but only, you know, three to five of the teams actually, it's kind of like college football, really. Only three or five teams have a real chance of being competitive perennially. I mean, I think I think it's great. Uh, it's great for baseball. I mean, I can't remember the last time it felt like there was like this much like pop culture, uh, pop culture pop. It's as as um, you know, once again, I, I can't like in earnest call myself a Dodgers fan, but like I've gained like an appreciation for the sport. And actually, I feel like that came from the Angels uh where it's like like what a fascinating sport that like you have the two greatest players of this century and you can't make the playoffs like like a sport that is like so like lives in the margins where like the wins above replacement uh for like Otani and Trout I guess is like 0.1 <laughs> like clearly it's uh mm-hmm. obviously it comes down to the pitchers but then like with 182 games, you create these massive data sets and like triple A, double A, like the, the, how good you have to be to like rise above. Like it's um it's like Otani, Otani has like helped me become a fan and like appreciate uh, um like I get, I get why baseball creates such nerds. I get why <laughs> there's people who like only consume the sport through spreadsheets instead of instead of <laughs> watching the game. It is the um, most numbers based and everybody tries yeah. to do that with every other sport. It doesn't resonate on football. It works. I mean, like once you get start getting into those advanced analytics, they work in hockey and basketball and they're relevant. But you're absolutely right. It's also the 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 basic everydayness of it. They clear the deck for giant swaths of baseball season. It's the only thing happening. And so that and the fact that it's on just I always do wonder, though, you know, it's always on the before TV even. And you were a little kid growing up, like uh, my old man, and I, I guess uh, most of our parents. You could turn on the radio and the ball games on. What time did those games start? How do who was going to baseball games in 1952? You know, because they could they weren't at night, were they? Mm-hmm. That most of them would have been at, in the daytime. So who was available to go to games all the time? If every game was in the day, what was the average gate on a Tuesday if the game started at one? I mean, a businessman special is fun because it's rare. So then you go off to the, you, you tell the boss you're doing one thing, you go off and you get drunk and, and have a good time. But you can't do that, you know, a lot of days during baseball season. You ever thought about that? I mean, I watched <laughs> Mad Men. It doesn't seem like they did any work at all back then. <laughs> like, yeah. we're just three scotches deep. It's like, you know, yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking the client to the ball game. Like, no, they, yeah, of course, of course, like any, anybody who's like not working a real job, anybody who's like not working a job where they like are in a factory assembling anything, it's like, of course, <laughs> they can, you know, they're making it to all, to all 162. Yeah. I got, yeah, it's weird. Like, yeah, because the, the games, they didn't wait for the kids to get out of school. The games didn't start at three, right? 
I, yeah. This is something I have to look cool. up. Cool, that's a rich man's it? game. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All you right, just, speaking cool. of the rich man's game, Wait. you happen to root for I, a team. Okay, go ahead. I got to talk about Otani. Do I get to I talk want about you him? to talk about Otani. I think the Dodgers are now like, they have replaced the Yankees, right? And the Red Sox and everybody else. The only reason we don't hate the Dodgers as much as I think the nation otherwise, what is it? They haven't won enough World Series. Kind of like your Braves well, in the 90s. If they would have won a couple more in the last couple of years, we'd be like, well, they're just buying their championships and we would all be in on that. But now we kind of pity them because it's like, look, they're always in the playoffs. And then Clayton Kershaw always lets them down. What a sad tale. Now, the reason I hate the Dodgers is because they made the Astros scandal about them. You know, like, oh, we should have been given that World Series because they cheated. And it's like, no, the Astros cheated, quote unquote, cheated at home. Uh, and you guys had home field, the Dodgers had home field advantage in the World Series. So, and you lost two games at home and you won one game in Houston. So to me, it felt like an even slate. It wasn't about you. It was about the pitchers that got sent down. That's number one. Number two, the Dodgers always have a super high payroll. The Mets usually are number one. Uh, the Red Sox have moved way down. The card, uh, the Padres are way up there. The Braves are usually around seven or eight. You know, Rangers now we're publicly now. Ch- like they're another Rangers were way up not there. A coincidence yes. that they won because the of Scherzer. Series. Yeah, because of Scherzer and um, the goat DeGrom. But like, um, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't think payroll does say uh, have a lot to say because the Arizona Diamondbacks made the World Series and their payroll is in like the bottom. Yeah, but tier. that's kind of like, well, I'm going to invoke the name Joe Flacco, who suddenly is relevant again. But it's like. <laughs> Yeah, you can Joe Flacco your way to one title. It, there's a difference, though, between what the Royals did in one season versus, like, always come September. Like, yeah, we, we have a good chance at the playoffs and winning the World yeah. Series again. This That's is the it. first World Series in, like, the last six or seven years that didn't have the Astros or the Dodgers in it. Hmm. So I think that is, a, you know, interesting, and it does say a lot about payroll, even though the Astros' payroll is not astronomical. It's not in the top five. But... That being said, I think obviously this is great for baseball. I'm very excited that Otani's staying in LA. Apparently he was offered the same deal by the Giants because I thought he would go to the Giants or the Mariners, which have bigger Asian American populations. Uh, but I was I was hoping he was staying on the West Coast just because of the uh, the way that people would be consuming it in Japan live. You know, mm-hmm. like the the hour time change, like that three hour time change does make a difference to me. Um, but I think. The craziest thing about this deal to me is that it's $700 million, but he's only taking $2 million a year and he deferred everything until 2034. So in 2034, he'll start making $68 million a year, but none of that is on the books. Like that, that means that $70 million a year for the, for the luxury tax and the Dodgers payroll will not be on the Dodgers payroll for the next 10 years. And to me, that is a huge advantage. <laughs> like, I don't know how that's legal in this system. Now, I know that technically, because of the deferment, it will still show up as, I think, 46 million. But he's payroll. the one making the deferment. So then that gives yeah. the Dodgers cover, right? To be like, we're just listening to what he, he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you can uh, tell the greatest player in baseball some, something different, you know, like, and I hate that people keep comparing him to Babe Ruth. Like, oh, yeah, there's, it's like, they're not similar. Babe Ruth didn't play against black people or 
Dominican. So oh, good. Up. I thought you were going to go the other way. Babe Ruth is clearly better. Like no, no okay. way. I, I'm with Not you. Not even yes. close. Babe Ruth wouldn't even be in the top ten. You know, like wouldn't even be. He wouldn't be known today. He wouldn't even be in the major leagues today. Anyway, that's another story. Well, but, that's a hot take. I don't know about that. But okay. I, I I do think that, right. I You you just made the points that I love to throw up to throw out to people there, but go ahead. My point is that I think it's slightly an unfair advantage to not have that much money on the books because it is a penalty to the team to spend that much money and, uh, and to have it on their payroll. And, but it allows them to acquire even more and more players and it allows them to throw obnoxious amounts of money around. Now that doesn't always work. I mean, the Mets clearly spent half a billion dollars last year and they didn't even sniff <laughs> a playoff. So I'm not, I'm not really sure how it's going to play out. I'd like to see where Yamamoto lands. Like if they get Yamamoto too, I'm going to be livid. <laughs> like, I'm going to be livid and it's going to be really tough. And they could also get glass now. Like it's kind of obnoxious what they'll be able to do. And that's why there should be a salary cap in baseball and there should be a bottom. Um, the, the bottom is the bigger issue to me. And I'm sure as a pirates fan, you would agree with that. But, but I do think that there should be a salary cap because just all this obnoxious spending with, you know, with no repercussions, MLB is always, you know, to me, I, I want them to be on the forefront of rules and, and changes. And I think they have been adapting uh, more recently to a lot of those changes, you know, given all the new rules in baseball. But I think when it comes to money and finances, that's that's where we need improvement. I hear you on all that. I also, uh, to be snarky, I also, from my position here, you're basically sound like Clemson complain about what Alabama's doing. Like, you know, like, all right, well, you're, you're, you're a Braves fan. You're still in a good spot there. And now you're upset because uh, Ohio State has inched in front of you, you know, as one of the few teams that actually has a chance to win it. Your points are 100% valid. This stinks if you are the Braves specifically. Like, Mm -hmm. But this isn't on the up and up baseball. Do something. And I can I I I kind of agree with you. Never mind the human factor. I guess that's macroeconomics. What about like inflation? Like well, that money might not mm -hmm. be worth it. And that's not my concern for Otani right now. He decided to do all this. I completely agree with you. Believe me, you know who else is upset about it? Eddie Spaghetti. He's sort of the yeah. the Michigan in this equation. Like, how dare teams spend money like that? Like you're rooting for the Yankees, man. Tiana, you're rooting for the Braves. You guys don't get the bellyache. I do, but your point is right. The cap is one thing. I don't mind it. It does reflect society on some level that, you know, billionaires can do whatever they want, and that's the way it operates, and it stinks, <laughs> but that is, at least it is a, a pretty decent reflection of, of the world we're living in. What you have to have, though, is the floor. I think owners are so spooked by the idea, and I understand the reasons why, but they are so loath to ever shove anybody out. The problem with baseball is at least as much the Nutting family, the team that own the the uh, the ownership of the Pittsburgh Pirates, because they won't meet their minimum obligation mm -hmm. of trying to field a halfway decent team. That sucks and ruins the sport as much as any big spenders do. That's you gotta like you're not trying. You're 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 doing the major league mm -hmm. thing, the movie. You're doing the movie like you're trying to have a bad team so that you don't have to you don't have to pay any money. That's what ruins the sport. You know how much money was the revenue the revenue share was for each team last year? 
Cal. $106 million is what each team got uh, for revenue share. So if your payroll is in the 40 million, like your owner is, you know, like when people go, oh, I, when I always say, oh, I would buy a major league baseball team if I won a billion dollars in the lottery, that's what I would do. And they're like, oh, that's such a bad investment. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell that to the revenue share. Like, it's not a bad investment. That's, that's why outrageous. they're never up for sale. That's why the teams are never right. for sale. I mean, honestly, I was just worried about Otani. Like $2 million does not go that far in Los Angeles. <laughs> like, oh, uh, Yeah. He makes $50 million a, a year in endorsements. Yeah. He did an I mean, ad for a makeup company in Japan that increased their sales by 50,000%. <laughs> oh. Like in just... And the Japanese TV rights deals that you get at the Dodgers, because now they get to share in those deals. That mm -hmm. is like a whole other ball game. I so, saw a crazy bit of ironic um, uh, endorsement. You know how uh, at the Burbank airport, when you're walking to your plane, after you get through security and you feel like, okay, last thing to do, get on this plane and go to where I'm going. Except that then you see a giant statue of Amelia Earhart. <laughs> Who wants to see Amelia Earhart before you got on an airplane? That's just so loco. I can't even yeah. make sense of it. Then I came across an ad online this week. James Harden has a razor ad, a trimming razor ad. Like he's the only person who we can say pretty clearly or one of the few. I don't think I, a razor has come anywhere close to, to, to his person in the last decade. Why of all people would you give it? Give it to Hume. Look at his perfectly <laughs> groomed mustache. That Thank looks nice. Can. James yeah, Harden. I'll Oh my, yeah, Harden's barber, like that guy got the bat. <laughs> like being in his entourage, you know, he's like, he's like getting to go all the parties and then just, yeah, like, you're good, dude. <laughs> Get out there. Looking good. Yeah, yeah you don't like call yourself a barber, you call yourself like a stylist because like it yeah. leaves the room. Like I, I chose this look for my client, James Harden. All right. Jeff Bezos has a barber that travels with him. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Is that, are you literally? No, I'm not kidding. That's the best. Oh my yeah. God. See, to be a billionaire. Also, mm -hmm. you know who else does? Mark Davis, the <laughs> Raiders owner, yeah. flies <laughs> to get that haircut. And that 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 barber is not local. He actually gets on a plane to go and get that haircut. Is it a time machine back to 1985? It is. That's a only <laughs> that's several billions can get you that DeLorean that'll take he's, you back. He's the there. only guy with the right bowl. The the exact <laughs> the exact length of the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> they stopped making those bowls when Target opened. They canceled the whole. And now a quick break. All right, listen, Hume, let's bring it on home here. Do you have a bet you want to tell us about that you think would be good to make or you don't have to give one at all and you just want to put your feet up and enjoy the Longhorns and not sully it with uh, with betting endeavors? Um, I, I, I had to, I had to stop betting because it felt <laughs> like these teams lost just because I bet on them. Fight, I, know, right. I know this is true. I know this is true because the only like consistently uh, successful betting strategy is like to bet against the public, to fade the public. So in 2018 and 2019, I did this fastidiously in the NFL, <laughs> bet against the public. And in those two years, 
the public did the best they ever did in history. So <laughs> I can I can give you betting advice. What it's I'm just gonna be like bet bet against the public, bet in the primetime game, especially <laughs> bet against whatever you think is gonna happen. Just last Monday, Packers were hot, Giants were garbage, Giants mm-hmm. cup, Titans were Titans were garbage, Miami was hot, Titans covered. So um the uh, the Thursday night game, I mean, they, they're both kind of trash. I don't know who's supposed to be the <laughs> team there. I guess the Chargers have a quarterback I've I've never heard of, so bet on that guy. Uh, they don't <laughs> yeah. um, What's his name, Ben? What was it? What's his Easton name? Stick. Easton Stick. Stick. <laughs> um, and then this is this is a weird weekend because we have like theoretically like six primetime games. You have Thursday. Monday, Sunday. I always consider like America's game of the week to be to be a primetime uh game. And then like the three Saturday games. Um I saw I saw the line. Bills are two and a half point favorite against the Cowboys. That's that's the biggest trap line I've seen all season. <laughs> Hammer the Bills there. They're <laughs> they're covering that for sure. Um and Cowboys then- had a big prove it to the world and prove it to ourselves game. They did it. They're feeling good. This yeah. is a good place for them to maybe fall back a little bit with the Bills team that absolutely positively has to have it this weekend. Yeah, Vegas um, begging you to take Cowboys money line. Uh, that's mm-hmm. um, so. Yeah, Bill, I, I'd take the Bills there, and then I'll just pick one of the Saturday games, one of my one of my prime time games. Uh, the Bengals are hot. Vikings are garbage. Bet the Vikings. Yeah, they sit down. Well, that's a good pick, too. And it's weird because everybody's upset for poor Josh Dobbs. He was everybody's favorite QB until uh, until Tommy DeVito made the scene. And now he has to sit down for Nick Mullins. This is sort of the same thing. If I were recruiting, why don't you come to where I went? No, no, I'm not going to go to your school. I'm going to go to the one you told me isn't good. Same sort of feeling now that it was like, okay, it's one thing that I get benched. But you're not benching me for Kirk Cousins. You're benching me for Nick Mullins. That's a slap in my (laughs) face, coach. You know, yeah. You can't ever put Josh Dobbs back in if you're the Vikings coach. Like, no, you sat me for Nick Mullins. Um, um, do you have any? Yeah, so I'm I'm taking the Bengals in that game. I am all in on Jake Browning. Like, now I want him on the Falcons next year. <laughs> Man, I love watching him play. This guy that set, you know. So who would win if they, we had if every NFL team had to play their backup QB? Wonder who which team would win the Super Bowl. Sam Darnold's Niners would that. Would they be Cooper the front Rush runner? Up last oh season. yeah, Cooper Rush's Cowboys would be good. Yeah, Mariota's Eagles. There's no way Mariota's a quitter. Um, <laughs> I am taking the Bengals minus three because, I, like I said, I do believe in that. I think the Broncos are on a hot streak, so I'm going to take the Broncos plus four over the Lions. I think the Lions are in a downward spiral, and then I love the Packers over the Bucks minus three and a half. Um. Those are fun picks. We gave you all our picks on minus three. Look for that on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. It goes live on Twitter or on YouTube. Should be available, I would think, by Friday morning at the latest. Look for that on the Extra Points Network. Uh, Playing off of the old rivalry, Chargers and Raiders. Raiders are playing something for something, specifically Antonio Pierce. The Charger Brandon Staley's playing for his future as well. I just don't know if his players want that to be their future. And with Justin Herbert, it feels like, I mean, it already felt like the Charger season was over, but it's over, over. So too is the Brandon Staley era. They're playing out the string. Raiders, like I say, are probably fighting to have Antonio Pierce, who I gather they they enjoy uh, playing for in this early experience. So I say 
lay the three points uh, for the home team Raiders and the visiting Chargers. Their total on is on that one is 34. I say, let's live on a Thursday night. Let's go over that total. And there you have it, another fine episode at Extra Points. John B. Hume, track him down on social media. Also track down his sketch series, The Thick Blue Line, on Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern, MLB Network. Sarah Tiana is a scribe on the Roy Wood-hosted MLB Awards. Make sure you're checking that out. That's sure to be funny, given the talent that I just named that was a part of it. And Hume, final thoughts from you. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, this is our year, baby. Uh, this is the Cowboys year. Dak. Oh, I didn't know who we were, but good. I was just going to say like, yeah, just claim anybody who wins. Like yeah. I told you. Cowboys, Texas. Hey, this has been a weird, this has been a weird year with the strikes and all, but who needs rent money? <laughs> Texas is back. I like where your head's at. Tiana, <laughs> final thoughts from you. Uh, uh, the easiest bet is for uh this weekend is uh for any of the players that are at the awards to win an award <laughs> is that something you could actually walk into i don't know at, if you at the lugs or i wonder if you could go in there and bet yourself yeah uh, on your way into on the red carpet like go into the <laughs> book bet on yourself for mvp that's a fun idea you could encourage somebody <laughs> to do that you should do that. Find the guy and like be like, no, no, no. We can't go in until we place a little bit of loot on you and then walk them mm-hmm. over and do it. It's a fun little bit. Pitch it to Roy Wood. Hey, um, all right. Hume, great times. Come back soon whenever you want to. You're uh, hereby invited. Tiana, best to all the fellows under your roof there. Also, see if we can get to the bottom of this eye, uh, this Eisen thing that I mm-hmm. floated to you. I'm, I'm curious if there's anything there. Right. Thanks to you, Eddie Spaghetti, behind the glass. And thanks to you, the audience, for listening to us. We'll be back in one week to catch you up on everything that's going down in the world of sports. Until then, thanks so much. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>